Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. scary times man <laughs> yeah how is stage five uh five and you yeah. know uh people less participatory than they were last time funny how lack of uh local uh, ability to enforce rules due to governor mandates uh, governor executive orders will do that is stage five like the worst yeah, it doesn't. Okay. It didn't. It doesn't go to six. Okay. So, yet. Yeah, I guess yet. I mean, I, I don't know what else they can, they can do. I mean, it's just recommendations. Like, <laughs> at this point, like if you're unvaccinated, like the, they just put the not symbol next to like everything. Like it's just like don't do anything. Just go go away. If you're unvaccinated, and if you're vaccinated, go away most of the time. But wear a mask if you know when you have to. Go anywhere. Well, my, my understanding this morning is that is Italy's official position is if you're not vaccinated, go away. Yeah, that's that. I saw the same. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have a chance of enforcing that over there compared to where I, where I live anyway, where it's just kind of a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to feel. Well, actually, I know exactly how I feel about wearing, you know, health protocols are being viewed like masturbating on an airplane. It's not technically legal, but frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, you guys are, you guys are safe, right? Ish, as much as you can be. Yeah. I mean, as long as we don't have to go to the hospital for any other non-COVID reason, uh, you know, then we're okay. If we have to, you know, use hospital capacity of any kind, we're we're, we're kind of boned. But uh, we just stay safe. We just just live in life like we have for the last eighteen months, and just keep it all going a little longer. How much of your extended family is still in Florida? Uh, my parents and uh, my sister and her husband and their son. Uh, my, I should say my pregnant sister and her husband and their son. Uh, so, oh, yeah, a good chunk. Jesus. Grandmother, uh, last surviving grandparent, uh, also lives there. Aunts, uh, uncles, cousin. Yeah, pretty <laughs> good, good, good amount. I feel like Owen Wilson Armageddon. So basically everybody. That's all basically I had to say. everybody except my except... brother who lives in California. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Only yeah. two of you got out. Yeah. And my wife's family is a little bit spread out. There's Some of them are moving actually from um, – uh, what's the name of the – it's uh, – man, I'm, uh, Whidbey Island? I think it's called Whidbey Island over there in Washington. That's a place here. Yeah, uh, they're moving from, they're like a naval family, so they, they were there for a little while, and now they're moving to Virginia, so that's a heck of a of a jaunt. <laughs> uh, my father-in-law lives in Alaska right now, uh, he, he's like, I'm just going to stay in this wilderness, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, Take my weird. chances with the bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good gambit. I don't, I don't, I can't really judge that. <laughs> He might be the smartest person I know. <laughs> he can fly his own. He has like the small planes, like the not a Cessna, maybe a Cessna. I don't know, but he's small. He fly, fly small 
propeller planes. So he just like literally has a landing strip, like a tiny one, in front of his place. He'll just he can just kind of go where he needs to go in the skies. So that's one of those things where they probably just resupply every so often. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a very Alaskan way to do it. And not sleeping because it's daylight <laughs> for twenty hours right yes. now up there. <laughs> also that. <laughs> well, even though the world is on fire again, <laughs> I'm Cyrus Mortazavi of Kirkland, Washington. Uh, as you, you may have <laughs> surmised, uh, with me is Ariel Rodriguez of, uh, of Stage 5 Austin, Texas. <laughs> Hello from Stage 5. <laughs> Ariel, what have you been doing that isn't survival? Uh, we never started Masters a show this way. Watching oh. watch Masters of the Universe. Hell, oh, yeah. uh, excited to have watched that and waiting for more. So that's been a thing. Maybe more ways than one on the internet. I think this might, might this is officially where I just stop listening to social media on things. I think this was the the straw that broke the camel's back. I gotta say, like I, I didn't. I mean, I read about it like via blogs or whatever, but I didn't see the backlash myself on social media. So I was a little oblivious until I, I saw you make a couple comments. Saw a couple other folks make some comments. I'm like, what is this show's fine? What's <laughs> what is going on? And then it was pretty much exactly what I would have expected it to be uh, after I learned that there was a controversy with it after watching it myself. I think it actually is overblown, t to your point there. I think it just makes good reading that if they make it, make it like, oh, uh, so many fans hate it, and it's like, nah, not really. I hope so, because it was uh, great. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. Uh, God, the cast was good. I didn't. I didn't realize uh, Mark Hamill was Skeletor until Skeletor started talking. But uh, I didn't realize that that was a casting up front. So it was, it was, that was a pleasant surprise among the many other notable cast members. Uh, yeah, it's fun all oh. around. On that note, uh, note, Lena Headey forever. <laughs> yeah, uh, she can pivot to to voice acting and uh, on animated shows on popular stuff, uh, and I'd, I'd be very happy. <laughs> like, go for it. Just doing great. Great, good roles. What's not to love? No, she, yeah, she's she's been excellent. Uh, she, she showed up also on the Dark Crystal revival. Oh, okay. Which didn't last, but right. I actually, know where to start peeling at that orange. People were mad because He Man didn't show up for a little while, and they gave the other characters things to do, background, backstories, but the whole original show was a, just an ad for toys, so I don't know, whatever. It's more of the usual online nonsense. <laughs> I mean, culture wars or whatever. It was fine. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great way to revisit that world, reintroduce it in a lot of ways, do a little twists where they wanted to keep things interesting. It was a great story so far. I mean... I don't know what, if I expected more from He-Man. I don't. I guess it's fine. It was, it was fun. I was upset that it was only five episodes. <laughs> Wanted to watch more right away. What more could you ask for? It was a nice tight five. I liked that, actually. What I came away wondering was if they will try to tie it into the new She-Ra re revival. Uh. I don't think they will, was the impression I got, but that would have been fun. That would have been fun. I was wondering about that as I was watching too like are they going to tie this in is there some kind of like multiversal 
angle they're going to play or some other just random idea that they'll use to try to tie the two shows together. But it seems like, at least so far, not the case. But okay, they can live separately, have the same people like them, different people like each individual, whatever. Netflix gets people coming no matter what. That's what they want. I, I enjoyed it. It did it didn't blow me out of the water or anything, but I don't need uh, solid. Effort. Even though he's even though he's He Man, I don't need him to speak to the the human condition if he doesn't have to. Like it could be fine if it's just fun. I'm I'm cool with that. Got got plenty of other shows. Uh, you know, going deeper. If they want to go there later, okay, cool. But I I had low expectations, I guess, and the animation was awesome. So I'll give folks credit for that. That was uh, was pretty darn cool. It, yeah, it looked pretty sharp. I'll be curious to see where the character arcs end. One one thing that did stand out to me was the idea that in um, He Heaven or whatever the hell they would call it. <laughs> uh, wait, there's there's Praternia and Subternia, right? <laughs> oh, right, they did have names. They all just used Eternia and then changed the, uh, the yeah prefix. Yeah, it was <laughs> that's not hacky at all. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we didn't have a we didn't have action figures that the back of the box explain this, so we got to come up with some new names. All right, let's go. And Marvel's too busy for us to just outsource them again, like we did back <laughs> right. in the day. Right. But the idea that Adam continued to be Avon, Adam in the in the in the Great Beyond, as it were, or post Turney or whatever the hell you it was actually called. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, that that really worked with with the story arc they were building for for Tila. You know, the, the idea of being betrayed and is like, no, no, no. You, the truth is, is you were the only one who. They don't they don't explicitly say it, but they you know, it's pretty clear what the, what the intention there was with the story choices fair amount of depth for He-Man. Yes. Way more than it's ever had. I mean, people should really appreciate that. Like, they did a lot in five episodes to turn that around and build it into something that clearly is gonna, you know, be a continuing franchise. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and as you said, Hamill really was real. Relevatory a Skeletor. <laughs> of course it's gonna, I mean, you, man, it, in retrospect, it's, like, obvious. Like, you need a hammy villain, like, an animated form. Come on, Mark Hamill is the guy. Yeah, and then and then they they went further with it though, and it still worked. That was cool. <laughs> I mean, he really wasn't around for that long. Made a lot of very little, you know, dialogue and and kind of uh, set up for there. He like established himself very quickly as like I am the voice of this character. Here we go, and there's 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 depth here. Yeah, there was certainly a, a pivot away from what I think people expected, but there was a plan too. Yeah. And what what the characters we did get were really well fleshed out. Let them tell the story. I mean, at the end of the day, like you you can't just watch two episodes and be like, oh, and flip the table. Like, let them tell their story. If you're in it, you're in. It. If you, if you're turned off, then go away. Don't complain on the internet. Just flip to something else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see not being in on it, but the rage is what I'm always like surprised by. Actually, I, I don't know that I should be anymore, but. If anything, it's surprising people are wasting their time when, like, you literally all you have to do is hit back and then there's, like, a sea of other content for you waiting. <laughs> like, why why be enraged? I mean, it doesn't... I don't know. I think that's what the internet's for these days. It's really yeah, kind of sad. Gets you clicks and, uh, and uh, the algorithm promotes you more, so... I suppose. How much of the, of the Olympics have you watched? Well, only what uh, the Peacock app will allow me to watch has <laughs> been but an utter let's disaster. Let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted to watch a, a certain amount of Olympics. I am not a normal Peacock subscriber, but um, 
some family wanted to, to uh, you know, watch the the opening ceremony as you know, maybe not together all contemporaneously, but you know, watch it within the few days and talk about it and. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll give I'll give Peacock five bucks for the month, and I can you know hopefully stream the well, I confirmed I could stream the opening ceremony, and then the app seemed pretty cool. Like you can scroll through the sports and pick the particular sports. I'm like, okay, that's nice. I can like pick and choose any interesting sport that I might watch that I wouldn't been able to watch before. But then it's like, frankly, a shit show in terms of <laughs> what you can watch and what you can't. And then I started digging, and it's like, well, then there's the NBC Sports app, then there's NBC the the, the channel on TV, and then there's CNBC and the NBC Sports channel as well. It's like, well, I don't have cable. I cut the cord a long time ago. It's like, guys, this, this didn't need to be this hard. You could just put all this. It's all digital files. <laughs> just put it all in the one app and like. We're in the future wanna, now. Yeah, like if you want to charge a fixed fee for like a dedicated Olympics app that just lets me see everything whenever I want, okay, I, I can decide or not. But like, this is a mess. Like, there's no reason for this. It's not the first misstep in the streaming wars, but I think it's probably one of the most egregious. I just can't get into the mood for it. It doesn't feel real. <laughs> I mean, when I watch it, what little I've seen just kind of walking by the television when it's been on, I'm like, oh, there's nobody there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Tokyo is probably at stage four. It, or easily. whatever, right? And Yeah. And then, you know, Simone Biles, who has been just a rock, it just has a mental breakdown. I'm sure there's no correlation there whatsoever. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot going on. They should have just they should have just not done them, but that, in my opinion, but yeah. Well, I it, they were so close to doing them. I understand wanting to do it, and I was excited for Tokyo to have them. But it's like I the idea that they didn't at least try to wait till twenty twenty two always struck me as a really bad idea. Women's team lost to soccer. Yeah. How much of that do we want to blame on the kid? <laughs> I'm prepared to go as high as eighty five percent. The razzle dazzle camouflage kit. Oh, it's weird. It isn't that hard to make an American themed jersey. Every other sport figured it out. <laughs> Just again, to go back to an earlier point, fucking hire Marvel if you're that flummoxed by it. <laughs> sure. They've been doing it for ten years now. And each version looks better than the other one. <laughs> God damn it literally migraine inducing away thing I just <laughs> son of a bitch oh, did, Can- did Canada end up winning that oh um I don't know it, I don't I don't know it doesn't matter these Olympics, these Olympics were fake that was my original <laughs> point and I'm sticking with it it's been hard to follow for me too to be honest like I yeah. because it's I mean I, uh, it, being a parent is, is definitely a part of it and the whole pandemic and the delta and all the variant and all that stuff has not made it easy to keep my mind straight uh, on it um but the app confusion and then like okay is there a replay or, or highlights there's like like what's the score like when did the results come in everything's happening you know 14 hours in in, in advance you know time zone wise so it's like it's already happened but did it already happen is it like how am i keeping it's hard just hard to keep track unless you're like closer in time zone i think anyway so and honestly that's been all, another part of the 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 frustrating part about like trying to watch some of the events it's like well i just saw a tweet about the score like u.s winning golden basketball let's say it's like well then do i really want to watch the replay i already know what happened like part of the interest to me is like being able to see what's going to happen 
live or close to live, not, oh, this happened 12 hours ago while you were asleep or whatever. It's like, uh, and that's part of the game. I, part of the, the, the process of the Olympics, right? They're going to be wherever they're going to be, but I don't know. It all just didn't gel for me this year or this, this go around, I guess. It's always been an issue at no point in our history should it have been less of an issue than this year with all the new platforms. Yeah. But here we are. Are we recording on the last day? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I, I tried to look for a replay of the closing <laughs> ceremonies earlier today and didn't see them, so I assume we're okay coming up on the last day because it should be like morning soon, right? Or already or something like that. And um, I think Tokyo we're recording area. like like nine a.m. Tokyo time. Yeah, something like that. So if if that maybe that today Tokyo time, like Monday, is the last day, I have no idea. I can't think of anything that's made it through my malaise about it either as far as like, oh, this happened. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, it's just not on anyone's radar. I mean, maybe I'm just in the wrong social circles perhaps for it. but I know some folks in my social circle that have been watching it or, or trying to watch it. Um, uh, friend of mine, well, you, you know James, uh, uh, James Harvey. He, uh, he, he watched five minutes. He dedicated, he said, I'm going to watch five minutes of every sport just five minutes. I'm not going to give it any more than that for the sports that I don't care about or I'm not familiar with or just don't care to watch. So you watch five minutes of every sport and then um, has developed an opinion about each one. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, he gamified it. Yeah, and he does that for him. He's pretty good at doing that kind of thing for himself. But I, other than that, I can't say I know a lot of people that are watching it regularly. I'd be fascinated to know which five minutes he regrets the most. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of contenders for that. <laughs> There's this ongoing mystery. Okay, here's the thing he he said uh, in another uh, friend chat that I was on that he was mentioning. Like, it's not clear where the and the well, some of these equestrian uh, matches or, or uh, you know competitions, if the riders are given a random horse or not which i think uh is insane if they're just given an unfamiliar horse to work with that's uh putting your life on the line in a way that i don't think the olympics generally like to do uh but it's they're under monetizing like, there should be yeah. a horse draft <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so like some of those where they're like you know i would totally watch a horse is a horse from the same country or for like how does yeah <laughs> I don't, I don't but uh yeah, I mean, I, one I would hope. Lucky. Otherwise, it's like the horse doesn't understand you. <laughs> Worse so than usual. <laughs> it's wacky. That, that was one wacky thing I found, you know, compelling. If anything, also the uh, apparently, and that this has been going around on like uh, uh, Twitter and TikTok and stuff. There are a number of different athletes. A lot of them American uh, would would do would make anime references as part of their uh, introductions or after they won something or they finished their event. So a few One Piece references in there, a Naruto reference here and there. Uh, apparently, the uh, the the Japan's volleyball team did a play that there was also in the anime Haikyuu, and like people were freaking out about that. So like, there's there's a few. That's cool. See now that I'm interested in. I think the gold medalist windsurfer wasn't. Didn't he shave his head like Aang? Yes, yes. There's also that? a few. <laughs> and there's like there's like a couple of synchronized divers or something that had like the. The four element symbols from Avatar, like tattoo <laughs> on the back or something, is like crazy. That's cool. How much money did Disney get this week? <laughs> a 
with the the Jungle Cruise. Uh, yeah. I don't know the exact numbers. Did but... you ex did you experience the backside of water? <laughs> I I did. Um, okay. Out of joint curiosity between my wife and I, it was it was. I don't know if you've seen it, but I, in my opinion, it was fine. Oh, I totally saw it. I was in at the three second mark <laughs> <laughs> when I'm like. Is that Metallica's Nothing Else Matters? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> They're really into this whole, like, uh, uh, you know, grunge and, and you know. Put the phone down. Plus. I was like, I don't usually have to watch during the cancel sequence, but I guess I do now. <laughs> Curiosity engaged. <laughs> I don't know what I expected of it. They, they went a little more Pirates of the Caribbean of it that I would have thought. I thought it was going to be closer to, like, The Mummy. And I guess there's still a supernatural aspect. I figured they would do... They would go full pirates. It just didn't feel as... I don't know if it's, like, tight or propulsive or what compared to Pirates 1. Um, so I came away from it like, oh, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't like Pirates was back when it premiered where I... I guess I just enjoy pirates more um, to sum it up, but um, there was something that I felt like, well, they're trying to re replicate this, but I, they didn't quite capture it in my mind, in my opinion, and I, I can't put my finger on what it is. I think it might be a simple effect. I don't know if Skipper Frank works quite as well as Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Maybe. And I did like the rock and the roll. Yeah. It was interesting to see him in hair again, even if it was fake. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... I mean, I... Nothing technically wrong with it, but the idea that he's I, you know what, I am the Highlander actually, and <laughs> <laughs> but I I run this boat now, <laughs> but I don't have money because I invested in nothing for the last four hundred years or whatever. <laughs> it's just like it, it's one of those things. I, it's important not to think about it too hard because it quickly yeah, falls right. apart very quickly. <laughs> but it was charming. Uh, I like tra Trader Sam. The diversity casting was interesting. I think it worked fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked the brother, whose name I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, why can't I remember the guy's Jack name? Jack Whitehall is the actor, but I don't... Yeah, yeah. The, the actual character's name. But yeah, action pieces worked well enough. I don't know how they make a sequel, though, if they want to do that. And I'm guessing it probably perform, performed well enough that it should. Yeah, I'm guessing they'll do another one, but... It's so hard to know right now because uh, people can't go to the theaters. I mean, we know Black Widow was a triumph because they did really well both on both Premier Access and in the theaters, but that's been a month ago and that's it was a very different world. How much money did uh, Scarlett Johansson get from Disney this week, you think? <laughs> they got to be putting an offer together at least, right? It's unfortunately fitting that that's going to end <laughs> the Black Widow just suing the company that made the movies just another example of like the transition to this streaming world is it's not not been easy even though the pandemic has definitely shoved people in the direction harder than ever stuff like this like i don't you know corporations trying to do whatever or take you know you know prevent people from getting properly paid or, or what have you i guess we'll we'll let the this whole thing decide you know how, how true that is but regardless like people aren't thinking 
they're they're having a hard time transitioning to thinking over to, to mapping like okay you can't just go with box office revenues anymore the way you mm -hmm. determine a movie's success is different now companies need to be also more forthcoming on the money they make from these streaming offerings and compensating people appropriately and people need to be comfortable you know like this is how we're going to do movies now which there's a lot of pushback from other studios saying no go to the theater delta variant be damned weird right it's like it's not not settled it's there is definitely kind of a artiste take on it where I made my movie designed to be on a big screen. Stop watching it on your phone, you goddamn Gen Z kid. <laughs> and I hate that take. Same. I just even someone who has makes part of his living from creative endeavors. I hate that fucking take. Accessibility is is a good thing. Shut up. I'm I'm sorry that. <laughs> It's not the way it used to be when you were a kid, but grow up. Most, I can think of a handful of movies that really benefit from having a giant screen. And it's none of the ones that the guys are bitching about it at. And really, I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like you could, you could, you know, make all kinds of cultural arguments about how that's the way that movies need to be and whatever. But it's like, dude, if you go to a movie theater, you're more likely to catch something that will kill you. Like this is what? not the world we live in, bro. Like, just why? Why are you making this argument right now? Like, save it. Like, save it for two years from now or whatever. Like, this is the way we gotta. You know, we're trying. Everybody's the, the companies are trying to make money. The people are trying to do their art. Their you know, make their things and put it out for the world for people to enjoy. And some people, they're lucky to even have a damn phone to watch it on. Like, let's let's just deal. To be know? fair, this bitching started long before COVID nineteen. Yeah. 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 So it was just. It was just. It's to your point. It's more nonsensical now. You need to let people like sequester if they want to, especially when you're they're giving you money to do so. Yeah. Quit judging me for my fucking screen size, you dick. I guess it's my kind of where I'm landing on this. It's just so stupid. Yeah. I do hope. Um, I know it's weird, but I think this lawsuit probably is going to be a good thing. They they do need to have this conversation moving yeah. forward. Totally agree. I think it's part of how we get to a world where all of this is more acceptable um, and more normal like just having a streaming offering in parallel with a theater offering or whatever it's just, this is how we get there however ugly it is yeah and when talent does have their their pay rate is tried into those those box office receipts they need to rethink what those are yeah yeah totally if, if you want to continue to have like every big name actor in your, your uh, MCU films for example yeah, it just goes to show that like the technology part of it was the easy part, like and even that has been a little bit of a slog. But like that that part, like they figured out like how to stream it to you and charge you an exorbitant amount of money for it, like e like instantaneously. But like the the people part <laughs> and the cultural part, acceptance of it all is work in progress. For sure, I guess I'm just continuing to be kind of flummoxed that most of the pushback is from the creators. That's weird. Yeah. And maybe it's the, shall we say, the wealthier creators that have uh, room to make whatever argument they want because they're not that hurt by things one way or the other in the margins. Like, a, you know, like the Christopher Nolans of the world, like that dude, whether you watch it in a movie theater or not, like he's not, he's not suffering. <laughs> like, mm -mm. compared to maybe somebody who's doing more. You, you will like, still be confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I got this. You have not watched the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, have you? I was able to watch it last night. 
Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> There's a shocking amount of meat on that bone. <laughs> yeah. So I'm all right. So I'm ten minutes in, right? To this thing, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> I want to I want to bail out. <laughs> I I don't want to watch this boy's take on like, hey, violence is funny, right? Let's do this for two more hours. But yeah, yeah. but it did have a story. If you just want to open yeah. that way, totally fine. That, that's cool. I, I just was before that I was gonna be the whole damn thing. Okay, so I have, I have a lot of things came to mind. Number one, what why does James Gunn hate birds? <laughs> There, Excellent question. Excellent. There's a lot of ornithocyte in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there is. That's that's a that's a that's hello observant of you there. Uh, especially the the part with the parrots. Uh, I was like, why? Why are you doing this? Why is this character like? Why do we need to go through this? This is unnecessary. Like, I, more than maybe any of the other things going on in this movie. Like, this is not. We don't need this. Why? He seemed to be going back to the idea that if you if you hurt animals, you're a shithead. I think that was okay. just kind of how he was like trying to like establish who was like truly bad and who was kind of bad bad. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, most bad, people are me. shitheads in this movie. Yeah, there's yeah. very few non. So okay. Yeah, so he had. To, I think he had to establish a sliding scale, <laughs> and uh, that scale was was bird based, and I did, did not know what to do with that. <laughs> very weird. <laughs> Margot Robbie great as Harley legitimately fucking hysterical yeah no surprise there honestly I mean she does a lot with very little in the other movies like she deserves to have like opportunities more like this one where she can do a lot with the role and be appreciated for it with where the rest of the movie kind of isn't up to her to carry in a way that uh, it's just uh, you know it's unfortunate like this, this is nice like I hope I hope she finds a way to continue playing that character with uh, solid talent uh, working with her. I had the thought, I guess two-thirds of the way through, that why Warner Brothers hasn't just scrapped it and started over. And I think the answer to that is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. They have really sold those two characters and it's I think enough to, to, to kind of try and fix it on the margins as they go forward rather than try to recast those two or they may just intrude Warner's passion have no plan whatsoever but <laughs> I was, yeah I mean they could just reboot everybody around them like why not just do that like tons of options I think they might <laughs> it's a it's a rare example of where I think they're beating Marvel in terms the, of they're uh, in the quality of their female protagonists and antagonists in Harley's case. Although she's really she's really more of like a that female Deadpool we talked about way back when. Yeah. Yeah. With her, so she's kind of in the middle. I still haven't seen Birds of Prey. I, I probably need to go ahead and watch that and hold my nose and pull pull the trigger on it, but I watched it a few months back. I it's the same type of thing of like Margot Robbie great with what she had to work with. Story, I, I just felt like it's, I don't know, and I'm struggling for the right words. I think Cyrus, you were you had said you were getting at this like a podcast or two ago. It's just like some of these DC movies, they just feel like they're just trying to make a movie with like a standard plot, and they're throwing DC characters in it. And I feel like that's what Birds of Prey was, and it was a shame because like, how do you like bring in Margot Robbie's Harley and um, Rosie Perez and 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead and just make this kind of mostly pedestrian feel. I, I didn't feel like this was an exciting comic book movie. Like it was hard to engage the fan part of me watching the movie. It just didn't feel like it. And that, They're and, very and paint by numbers. Ewan McGregor too? It was Black Mask? Like it just wasted him if you ask, ask me like that. But this gave me hope. Seems like they just need the right set of creators to like, you know, put something out there of, of high quality that's in line with you know what you expect from this this franchise stuff yeah they clearly back in the early days of the of the mcu they had that that brain trust that 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 worked with feige to like make sure all the tones were correct feige let her jettison to that when i think when i think there was just it was, i think mostly i think i think it just got too unwieldy at the time there was like i remember there being some controversy over that decision Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there, was, there was a power grab on his part, but I think he was just trying to streamline the damn process. And, and maybe it was a power grab. I, I don't. I don't fucking know. But it's hard to argue with the results. And maybe at some point you just you bootstrapped it enough, right? Like you've got the thing cohesive, and you've like mapped out the things you need to map out so that you get the house feel, house brand like established. And like, do you need the team like reiterating on that? Like, do you get almost too inside your own head at that point? And maybe that was one of the re- rationale for breaking up the group. It's like, well we've established this now and then maybe we also want to like challenge it as we get more and more successful like to, to be able to branch out and do the things they're doing now or starting to do now in, in contrast DC just seems to be all over the damn place without like a coherent thing that you kind of feel comfortable at least for me as a fan the uh, you know DC Comics fan anyway uh, approaching this stuff and feeling like okay I I'm 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 I've got the faith that there's going to be something really engaging here that 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 gets me going. It just seems like a flip of the coin every every movie. Oh, absolutely. I continue to be fascinated by the idea that the DC films are so much darker than the MCU ones. Blows my freaking mind. Blows my mind. Because as a as, as a we're at. as a young man, it was the op that those were their brands in the comic in the publishing space completely inverse and as a young man i was like oh yeah give me give me the adult content i'm marvel marvel dc is for dads but now that i'm old and i'm like i you know i kind of like i kind of like the more the more well thought out well done all ages stuff that there, there's there's a charm to that that's, that's refreshing and you'd you'd think i'd be able to go to a warner brothers film for that but i can't just mind-blowing i mind-blowing <laughs> I got Superman ripping people's heads off. <laughs> it's just like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, Shazam got a little close, but even that had a, a, it was darker than maybe you might expect. I don't know. It's yeah, blows my mind that that's where we're at today. That like DC is the dark universe. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think of of the films with heart, the Suicide Squad is the one with the most heart in it so far. <laughs> what what the fuck is that? <laughs> That was, I'll, I'll be honest, like, that was actually a, a, a really, like, sticky moment in the movie that I just didn't know where they were going to go is when Waller's about to blow everybody's head off because they're not doing what they want. Like, like how are they going to get out of this? I didn't expect the office lackeys to uh, to rebel. Like, that was, that was a genuinely surprising moment. We as a society do not appreciate Idris Elba enough. Oh, man. Where do I even begin? He's so good in this movie. He's so and... freaking good. It's ironically this is this movie proves that he can't be James Bond. <laughs> he's, he, he, he's overqualified. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> he is Bond is too damn paper thin for him. <laughs> <laughs> and 
if you to get him in all his glory, you have to let him go a little dark. And if you do that, it's not James Bond anymore. But yeah, and then the, the, they had him swearing at his kid, and they're sitting there, hey, just just having an fu fest, and it, it so worked. I'll be honest, like I, I, I'm sure it, James Gunn meant to do it this way, and it wasn't just a response to the Will Smith uh, character, right, from the original Suicide Squad movie, but it it plays so well in contrast to that too, where it's like, no, this is not the same character. This is not. They just like had to change the name because Will Smith is well known for. For uh, his his role or whatever, this is definitely like a different thing, and we're just gonna flip it on its head. And they just did it so well. And then the whole like peacemaker, like he's like, wait, he does exactly what I do. What the hell are you talking about? You just said that about me five minutes ago. And uh, it, it the, everything just played really nicely against audience expectations. It's so well done. Yeah, they 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 worked up to the inevitable confrontation between those two very well. <laughs> Yes. That was well done. Idris Elba. Just, man. What can he do? I hope this is the star-making role he, he has deserved. Like, let this guy start carrying some fucking franchises. Or maybe he just don't need to start... What's, what? He's got that show... Um... Uh, Luther. Luther. I, I, wanted to, I was about to say Lucifer. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would be there for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Luther, yeah. Is that just him being badass for, like six episodes a season it's it, it's it, i've only seen the first two seasons um dude it's it's a nuanced show like he's badass but he's he's conflicted he's a cop but he's like on the borderline of being an anti-cop anti-hero cop like he makes challenging decisions that don't always go his way and he's got to deal with it oh he's got his own it's like it's it's, a, it's almost dirty you know, harry uh sort of but not like not it's not so much like he he makes bad decisions that turn up violent. It just like he like toes the line of like what's the appropriate thing a cop should do, and he's like pressured by certain circumstances in his own personal life and also the the investigations. And then they've got um, Ruth Wilson as like his nemesis, like his Moriarty Dexter, like a mix of Dexter and Moriarty type of super criminal thing. But they have their own twisted relationship with each other too. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, it's worth it's worth a watch. It's that just, sounds awesome. I'm I'm yeah. so in. I'm yeah. gonna go my queue of things I just don't have time to watch. But <laughs> yeah, and, the, and he's he's amazing. I mean, he's he's Idris Elba. What, what <laughs> he's great in everything he's in. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I that's God, it's gotta be one of the best movies they've made in a long, long time. Gunn's going back for Guardians three, right? In the immediate yeah. future. Okay. Yeah, he's got the holiday special, which I guess he's doing first. Uh, Disney Plus exclusive, and then he'll do ah. the actual movie. Yeah. I I can't help but smile just thinking about what might be on that that Christmas thing. That's gonna be insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think he's developing a Peacemaker show for HBO Max, spinning out of this movie. So oh, that's interesting. There's that too. I don't watch pro wrestling because I'm not a dumbass. <laughs> um, so John Cena being just muscles on muscles on muscles was kind of a revelation to me. I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, um, uh, what's his head? Uh, the guy that plays Rick Flag. Um, why am, I'm losing his name now. Yeah. Um, Joel Kinnaman. He's like a ripped dude. If you've watched the Altered Carbon <laughs> series, like Joel Kinnaman is a massively cut tall man. And he looks like a matchstick compared to John Cena. They're, they're all big and they all look tiny. <laughs> well, except for the, the CGI shark dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was the only guy who was bigger than him. And I guess Starro, but... Sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. John Cena is uh, very, a very well-built man. Yeah, he doesn't look real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch wrestling either, so I... I mean, yeah. my my I'm out of context for how he compares to others in that in that space, but seems seems huge. I mean, I guess Batista was a former wrestler too, right? So, and but he's normal human being big. I mean, this <laughs> <laughs> this was something else entirely. I don't. I just holy shit. <laughs> so as I'm going to watch Suicide Squad, I you know I'm scrolling through that horrible HBO Max <laughs> menu, <laughs> just chaos machine. <laughs> I come across uh, ads for Titans. Season three. Yeah, next and week. Ariel, God help me, it looks good. I'm I'm interested. I was there for season one and two. Okay, I was Why not there for two? season one. <laughs> 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 I could I I powered through the the, the pilot. So here's this is why I want what I want to ask. How what <laughs> When does it stop hurting me? Like, where, <laughs> when can I jump on without it, like just being a constant punch in the, the face? At some point, it clearly does get good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was I was in for the ride when it was like a DC Universe exclusive, and um, I don't know the the whole fuck Batman thing got me uh, interested <laughs> anyway. Uh, I was I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm here for this. Let's see what this, <laughs> this goes. The thing is, I feel like the show the show got progressively better in my mind in season one and then it dropped like the end of season one it to me wasn't great like it left it ended on a cliffhanger and i don't know if that's because they ran out of money or there was some other issue or what i know like a lot of other shows in that service before collapse and hbo max had trouble um then season two i think like did a wise thing and they're like we don't have the cgi budget to do the trigon arc for for raven justice so let's just close it off the best way we can here and then move on and then I thought like it was really strong from there like the they brought Deathstroke in as the big bad for season two and that's always uh, good it always like it just it worked really well uh, what's his name um, God, I'm, I is it Manganello? Uh no it's a different uh, Deathstroke but it's uh, this dude from um, poor Joe he got to be in for like two minutes know, and it's like no, no, no one watched I know <laughs> Um, I'm blanking on his name, but he was so good at, and it was just such a strong story until Robin, uh, or not Rob, well, yeah, Robin before he becomes Nightwing, uh, until Dick goes uh, to, to prison. And then in the prison scenes, which I, it's not really a spoiler that he, he just shows up in prison, I won't really go into the details. Sure. Then I felt like it went, it went off the rails. Like, well, now there's a little bit of cultural appropriation of Hispanic people and some other stuff and it's just like he's wallowing and it didn't work again and so it's like <laughs> up and down up and down and then it finished strong but it was like a week couple of episodes in there mm-hmm. so where it'll stop hurting I think you kind of have to expect it's a roller coaster damage yeah <laughs> oh no uh, but I mean the fact that they're even doing this with any of these characters you get to see Nightwing on TV at all like in this way I think you know that's a it's a blessing in, a dis- in disguise if you will uh, He's but, a fangirl favorite. I'm glad they they finally did something with Nightwing. And they got Jason Todd in there for season two, so that's a mess. Which and looks a good. Fun that's mess. what I was yeah. like. Oh shit! This yeah. looks like yeah. Yeah, they they do cool stuff, and everybody's a little broken and a little dark the way DC is in the film <laughs> versions. 
Um, but yeah, I felt like, oh man, they could have really like kept it kept it going the, the strength here. But the Deathstroke stuff, I felt like ended in a mostly satisfying way. Yeah, we'll see how season three. Man, hopefully they have more money now with HBO Max taking over the stuff. Where was the cash coming beforehand? I think Warner Brothers was just like allocating a tranche of money for the DC Universe service. And they were trying to see if they can make it work. Mm. And it's Warner Brothers, so... You know. Well, yeah. They, they... Cohesive plan? Was there a vision? Was there an, what, kind of, what kind of metrics for expectations <laughs> on success? You know, the Swamp Thing show, I think, like, literally just, like, ran out of money. And they couldn't film anymore on location, so they just canceled it. Like, what? Like, but Doom Patrol is, like, an amazing show. And, like, that one, like, sailed right through two seasons with seemingly no issues or compromises needed whatsoever. I don't know. They, they just can't seem to decide what they want to do with it. I guess so. It, it, you know what it, what it is? It feels like the way Disney was handling Lucasfilm. If uh, Disney just never learned from their past mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there were some mistests, but they did eventually, like, figure it out. They, they, they found their showrunners, and now, now, now it feels kind of like, like they're good to go. But, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just, it continues to be two steps forward, one step back with them. But maybe the, Su- the Suicide Squad was good. Uh... Cool. Shout out to Sylvester Stallone for just being King Shark for the, for the hell of it. <laughs> that was that was super fun. <laughs> also threatened to eat birds, so that there's yeah. more. Yeah, you know. I I don't know. It was <laughs> it was a very weird theme of the movie, <laughs> but an inescapable one. <laughs> yes. Like I was really, I by the the 30th minute, I was like, I feel like there's some past trauma that we're being, we're, that's being worked through here. Did did they see the birdies? <laughs> and then they just get get barbecued. I wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm like sitting there watching, and I'm like remarking, like why why are we doing why are they doing this? What is the purpose? Just like my wife Joy and I were just like, just open the gates, let the birds, let the parrots go. Like why do you have to waste gasoline on this even? Like what are you doing? <laughs> What's the next DC film we got on the plate? Is it the Batman one next year? I think so. I think Shazam 2 is out a ways still, too. There, there's a Black Adam they're making, yeah. Oh, also that, yeah. There, there's a second Shazam and there's a Black oh, Adam. I have so little interest in both those. It's not even funny. <laughs> I, I saw that uh, Supergirl, the CW one, is wrapping. Yes, yeah, last season of that um, wrapped up, at least filming. I don't, I don't think it's aired fully yet. There's a there's a Flash movie in the works, but I think that's a ways off, right? Um, I thought that had been, like, canceled three times. <laughs> I think it's back. I think they were saying, like, Michael Keaton's on set filming himself as Batman. Like, they're bringing his 80s Batman. Either because it's, like, a multiversal Flashpoint-type film. That's cool. They, they, they cast somebody as Supergirl for that as well. I forget who... Uh, there's Shazam, there's the Black Adam stuff, which I don't know how Black... I, I still... I mean, it's The Rock, and yeah, great, but like, really a Black Adam movie? Like, I don't know. I mean, he's got the star power. He does look like him. Yeah. But that's not enough. That character is a needs a movie right now? Like... That's never stopped Warner Brothers before, but... <laughs> I know, I, I, I know. I, I just... It's so, they just make... They do, they do weird, weird shit. 
I mean, it took Marvel 13 years to give one villain its own their own TV show. Like, I mean, come on. Like, <sighs> yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of other DC films. Oh, they're they're uh, they're filming the second Aquaman, I think. Right okay. Now. Did Juan stay on? Yes. Okay. Because he was having his like, I right, fuck the internet moment, as I recall. <laughs> okay, well that's good news. But yeah. I still their their best properties are clearly still Wonder Woman and Harley, and I don't think they're doing anything with them yet. Yeah, what's up with that? Why haven't they already said, "Hey, we're doing a third Wonder Woman"? Like that should have been like right on the heels of Wonder Woman eighty four. And perhaps it was, but Patty dump jump ship. Yeah, maybe that. They don't have any director, so they gotta like cool their jets. Given how much content is being made right now, that actually might be a, a an actual issue. <laughs> is there just aren't enough production people to get these things made? Maybe. <laughs> Although again, B- Black Adam would seem to be a rebuttal to that. <laughs> so so I, don't, I don't know. Are you noticing a change in comic book art styles? Change in comic book art styles. While we're just while we're kind of floating around it. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of like stuff that I've read that's more recent than like trying to catch up in the last I don't know five plus years of stuff I've missed I didn't realize you'd fallen off the wagon as well yeah I mean I, I've we read stuff for for comic strips mm-hmm. but we're kind of all over the place in terms of publication dates for that stuff so we kind of just go where we where our interests lie and where we see things you know pop up that are you know have some popularity or just the topic or the, the subject matter interests us so um like I can't tell you if I've read something that like came out in 2021 up you know, even though we're in August right now. Um, the most recent stuff I've probably read is that House of X, Powers of X stuff that Hickman wrote, and that was probably 2019 that it was published, I would okay. guess. Um, and I mean, that's just stuff has got, like, powerhouse talent. I mean, it's, like, the main X-Men book. Like, I don't... It's probably not going to be a good uh, indicator of where the industry is going art-wise, I would think. They just, you know, Marvel's going to put out the most pleasing thing they can do because that's, like, their reboot of X-Men. Um so I don't know. I mean, I, I would I would guess just from like a lot of the image stuff that we've read for the the, the comic strip podcast that um, things are looking a little more manga-ish these days. There's that influence um, coming in as far as the way folks kind of style their characters and like had, you know build in a certain amount of expressiveness there. That's one maybe tiny observation I could, I would say, but I, I that's all I got. I can't say anything else. What I was specifically wondering about was the idea that as we move to like most art being produced on a uh, a digital tablet, the need for well traditional ink is just doesn't exist anymore, and that that drove the style for at least a hundred years. Ah, uh. but I think. But I, there's there's been more digital painterly type stuff, at least the handful of things I'm looking at recently, and I was wondering if that was slowly kind of becoming the new thing. Mm, okay. Just because things like Clip Studio Paint and Photoshop are so damn powerful and really help with speeding up process. Yeah. Because I know I was watching a uh, a YouTube documentary on a on a popular manga call, and uh, they're all digital now. But the style is still the same. They're just, you know, the tones come are generated by a computer now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Instead of some it's poor right. bastard with an exacto <laughs> knife, just like I wish I was dead, <laughs> cutting, cutting shit out on it all the time. 
and you can pass files around, right? Like you can say like, mm -hmm. okay, these are our brushes. These are our backgrounds. These are our, you know, our formats, our, our, our bubbles for like, you know, house bubble sets and, and panel sets and like all of that you can kind of like save and automate and, and replicate without being so painstaking. Pass. Yeah, it totally streamlines the process. It's just, if, at least in Japan, everything still looks the same way it always has. Yeah, yeah. Here, I was wondering if, like, maybe not so much. Like, I'm wondering if the, you know the that first generation of image guys will be the last guys that drew like that. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. But I definitely do see guys who draw like that still at, at Emerald City Comic Con and stuff like that in the artist alleys. There's that. Um, you watched it, right? There was like that that set of uh, documentaries on Disney Plus about Marvel. Um, some of them were like featuring cos people do cosplay and like the first mm. episode was six one six yeah six one six that's it. There was one where they they talked to they talked to different artists and how they work like across the world right. There's like the guy in Spain, uh, and uh, a bunch of different people all over the world working on stuff. And it was interesting to me. Like some people will just like yeah they're like I still pencil my stuff like physically and then scan it in and send it over yeah. to editorial and like somebody's got to go ink that and like. I guess there's, there's, because everything ultimately gets to digital, they, there's still that flexibility of like, well, make your art the way you want to make it. Um, but then, yeah, I wonder at some point there's going to be those bottlenecks, right? Like it's got to get inked, it's got to get colored, and it's got to get lettered and, and, and put, on the, put in, the, in, the, in the pipeline. And like how much of that is going to be, like where do the expectations shift when a lot of that is just digitized every time, no matter what? That's a good question. Yeah, I, th I think the division of labor will largely stay the same, if not be uh, even more hyper um, compartmentalized. But I just wondered if it would, if they would, if the comics would, as a result, of that start looking radically different than what we've oh. been used to. Okay. But oh, same as each other. Yeah, that's a good point as yeah. well. Yeah. Diff like yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like diff different from the past, and then homogenized across. Yeah. Yeah, the comics we grew up with—they were—it was all uh, guys who were trying to be a, a more gritty version of Neil Adams. They—they <laughs> they, they all drew like Neil. Yeah, yeah. And the way that you know, in, in Japan, everyone drew like te drew like Tezuka. But but if you don't need a, you know a fucking rapidograph to to, to, print, to print shit, you really need a lot of black lines. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And if you, if you don't need a lot of black lines, do you crosshatch like a crazy person? Yeah. And I'll be honest, like there's there's tech out there that that uh, I don't know. I don't use these applications. I just don't I don't do digital art. But like I wouldn't be surprised if like going forward, also like you get AI enhanced brushes and tool sets such that like things are you know automated or like stylized in a way that like a human didn't necessarily think of on their own, but like they were computer assisted in a way that we don't normally expect. And like, what's that gonna do uh, going forward? Um, I was just curious if you'd seen any any creep into the new stuff. Yeah, I can't say I've I, I've noticed, but uh, maybe I'm not the the best at at noticing that stuff. Um, folks really seem to want to emulate manga more. It's, it's just been my observation. Um, I don't know if that's just manga is more popular. So if you're a younger artist, you've read a lot of manga before you you know or that influenced you and got your to start compared to maybe Neil Adams being your main influence, you know, decades past, and you you see that, you know, reflected in in the work. That started like twenty years ago. 
Um, I remember, God, everyone lost their fucking mind when Matt Herrera just started drawing the way he wanted to draw. <laughs> and it it was super divisive. Some people loved the shit out of it. It was like, ah, fuck this. I don't want I don't want to look at anime. Gotta be more accepting everybody <laughs> yeah, at, this, at this point right nowadays. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's, been, it's been a generation now. People just get a lot of their pop culture from Japan, so. Yeah. I mean, look at the Olympics. People, <laughs> people are doing poses from one right? piece on the exactly. Olympic stage. And no one's watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they're trying to. We're just figuring out which one of the seven apps and three TV channels. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm struggling with the idea that people aren't watching it on Peacock, but rather TikTok. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the best way they can get to work. Yeah. That's where we're at. Uh, I've started saving for Galactic Cruiser. Oh my god. <laughs> Experience <laughs> to be worth that kind of money. <laughs> I think it might actually be cheaper to go to actual space in Bezos' penis rocket. <laughs> I don't know what he wants to price that at yet, but... <laughs> Do you get one of those, uh, like, uh, you know, Disney's working on, like, one of those, like, lightsaber toys that, like, works like a real lightsaber? You hear all the rumors about all this stuff. I'm sure Keyshawn knows all about this. I believe you get to play with that in the hotel. I was going to ask, like, is this part of the $5,000 for a family of three experience? Yes. Because yes. Yes. it better be. You get, you get, uh, you have lightsaber training, and there's only an age minimum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know, you see price points like that, and I, I, I immediately get nostalgic for it. Man, I like back when nerd shit wasn't what everyone did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Back when we were kids, the only thing that was expensive were Legos. Yeah. Now it's just like they, they know they can, oh, God. Yeah, they're treating it like an actual cruise, but you don't actually go anywhere. I mean, I guess you get like a guaranteed spot on Rise of Resistance, which is not a small thing, but at that price point, yeah. I think you should be allowed to just live in Rise of the Resistance for a day. <laughs> yes. I'm fascinated to see how, how well it sells. Because I, I know people are excited for it. And I, I think that, you know, there's enough love for that IP that there's a certain amount of version that's just going to be like, well, I mean, I got two kidneys, so. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs one of them? Yeah, I right. I, 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 guess, <laughs> I, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> but moving forward, once everyone who wants to do it has done it, do did it you... make it cheaper at that point? You think? I, I God, I I don't know. Like they let they they use all this like the hype to like pay for it, if you will, with the higher prices, and then at some point they like, you know, chunk it down or. It does sound like a fun weekend. It's just oh shit! I, I that's so much more than I paid to like go to like there for a week for and go to like six <laughs> parks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not going to those price points. I'm just, I'm just curious to see how it, how it does though. We're gonna see the power of cosplay because they're encouraging cosplay. Good. I mean, I hope so. I mean, like, it just feels like you want it to be. And all if you don't have it, you can purchase it in the gift shop. Of course, I'm sure they'll tailor <laughs> it to you as well. Oh yeah, that but that costs extra though. Of course. Uh, what do you do? What are you guys reading on comic strip this month? We're reading. Um, we. So I think it's maybe the first time we've read we've read a Valiant uh, comic before, uh, Quantum oh. and Woody. <laughs> now I uh, now I miss Key. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first time in the episode I was like, really like it's a bummer I missed it. <laughs> Even more so than the Star Wars thing too. <laughs> so yeah, Quantum and Woody from Valiant. 
uh, and uh, book two of this uh, Scotty Young joint uh, Middle West, which uh, was interesting of the, the book one, so we're, we're going to take a look at book two here. Scotty definitely does not draw traditionally. <laughs> no, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to say, you know, I, I was thinking in retrospect, you know, we've done on the, that comic strip podcast, we've, we're in our third year, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, no, fourth year, fourth year. Oh, and, wow. Okay. Um, I just image has so much stuff. I think that's just like just zooming out for a second and just looking at like all the image stuff that we we end up reading for that podcast and like that's led me down other paths too, like outside of podcast decisions and things to read. Like um, just like a really appreciative of a of a place like Image that um, takes risks and like lets creators do their different stuff and like make some really interesting things that I don't think I would have come across otherwise. And just uh, it's really cool. It's really cool stuff. Um, yeah, and, and props to folks like Dark Horse and, and maybe Valiant. I haven't read much Valiant stuff, but maybe there's something there. I won't even go into Exo Manowar. I'm sure Keyshawn wants to have a whole episode about that. But <laughs> um, just, yeah, the, uh, props to Image for, for, for doing what they do because there's just a lot of interesting stuff coming out there and a lot more than I would have ever realized had I not kind of explored it for, for other reasons, for, for podcast purposes and stuff. They do a lot of stuff, just a lot of stuff. They may be the last publisher standing when this is all said and done. Wouldn't be surprised because I, it, it does seem like Warner Brothers is just gonna pull the plug on DC publishing any day now. Even though Jim Lee swears that that's not gonna happen. But, but it's about to just be Jim in that room, though. <laughs> I, that's, yeah. that's why no one else is swearing it. <laughs> just him and his twenty-seven children. But <laughs> I'm exaggerating slightly. I think he only has nineteen, but he has a lot of kids. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Of, Big fucking family, man. He's very invested in DC continuing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Marvel's doing okay. Marvel Unlimited seems like it's pretty popular. Popular enough, I don't know. Yeah. They keep doing stuff. You know, like they, they don't seem to to be slowing down uh, really in any visible way. I think I think Disney recognizes that 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 the comics are the the font of creativity that then spawns the other stuff and they the, the characters in that appear strong but it, it seems to me like they don't they're not just like oh well the ip is strong everything else is fine let's just you know we don't have to worry about interpreting the ip as comics i feel like they see it as more than that maybe that's some some kevin feige magic thinking too or, or whatever it is but they they seem to value that the comic universe is a font of creativity and and generates a lot of storylines and interesting stuff and lets them play around with stuff that other mediums is just more expensive and harder to do. It's very cost-effective proof of concept. So, yeah, I I think in that regard, it's probably always going to be worthwhile. Um, The manner in which they do it will probably change. Sure. I mean, I think we're getting to a point where the number of comic book stores in the country are literally just not going to be enough to keep it going. (laughs) I just, I don't know, the idea that there won't be DC Comics is kind of strange. Yeah, I, I really hope that doesn't come to pass. I, I, all the ragging we do on on them and whatever, like there's tons of great comics out there, great creators working on that stuff. They should keep that going. They really should. They should take that Marvel philosophy and, and use it on the Warner Brothers side too. But who knows what they're thinking? We've Lord knows we've tried. I know they're a, a company on top of a company on top of a company, which I think is part of the problem. But I mean, it's not like Disney is small beans, right? So they figured this out. I guess they're changing. They're changing. Uh... <laughs> Or they're they're about to change ownership again anyway, right? Because like AT and T spun them out, Warner Media. So like, 
there's one less layer of company. Who knows what that will what that will bring? Yeah. I, and then emerging with discovery, I should say, uh, uh, as part of that process. So. Yeah, I, that's that's yeah, that's all they're ever in the news for is recombining shit. But at any rate, I'm gonna remind everybody that they've been listening to Full of Sun and Fury podcast. I've been Cyrus Morazavi of Kirkland, Washington. Uh, at this time, I'm gonna ask that you go to the podcast catcher of your choice and leave a five star review for Comic Strapped podcast it's good stuff four, four years in I didn't realize that mostly because time is a construct during a pandemic <laughs> with no meaning I'm surprised too and I, I <laughs> run the show I'm trying to think of hey, the math we, like, we, oh, did, we did the math yeah <laughs> it's probably right Ariel thanks for, thanks for being here man thank you for having me sir um, folks should put a five star review in for, uh, for Full of Sound and Fury as well get out there folks right we ask for so little, except just better Warner Brothers movies. Spread the spread the love. If you like the show, spread the love. And then if you want to bitch about things, go to Twitter. That's what it's there for. <laughs> Apparently. It, you, it, it's all about the engagement, the negative engagements. <laughs> God, it really is. Fuel the algorithm. That's how Twitter makes money. <laughs> just rage. <laughs> this episode and previous episodes of Full of Sun and Fairy Podcast are available at fullofsunandfairypodcast.com or by subscription to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. This has been a Great Sword Studios production, copyright 2021.